Welcome to That's What Nee Said. I'm Nee, a mother and an entrepreneur. This is my journey to find a footing in life, well, at least try to, and what I have to say about it. Hi everybody! It's Friday again. I apologize for kind of missing a missing a session last week. Just had too many things on on my plate. I recently started physical therapy physical therapy for my left shoulder because I don't know what I did to it. I pulled something. So usually Friday is when I do my second really gruesome lower body workout. I've been kind of I kind of hit a stride the past. Two weeks or so, and then I kept. There has been a little bit of a consistent, consistent weight loss the past two weeks, so I didn't really want to miss a workout and then you know shoot myself in the foot. So that's that's why there was no update last week. I, I do apologize. I try to keep this consistent. I try to do this every week. What I wanted to talk about this week is, you know, there are so many things happening in the world and so many things that's happening in my life. Like I've mentioned before, I'm very introspective. I think about the things that I do, the things that I want to do a lot, my wants and desires, because they're a little more complicated than what it used to be, which is basically materialistic things. And because the way I was, my mind is has been trained as a consumer to when you have a problem, when you see something that you can't solve right away, your mind goes to if I buy this, I'll be happy. And then just trying to pull myself away from that mindset has been—it's still a work in progress. So just while I'm thinking about these things,、um, one thing you know I keep coming back to is who do I want to be? What kind of person? What kind of woman? What kind of mother do I want to be to make myself happy? You know, I can't. For example. I would be very happy just for myself if I can sit on my couch, watch TV, and eat cakes or play video games all day. That's a that's one way to be happy. But then there will be self hate. There will be shame that comes afterwards. So I want to find a form of happiness or a, a way for me to feel happy without any kind of the repercussions. Um, and you know, I if I look. Th- At things through that lens, I, you know, when when I see、uh, problems that need to be solved, things in the world, things things in my life, I kind of wish I was, I am the person, or I've been trained, I've grown up to be the person who could solve these problems. And I realized I'm actually, well, even though like as of right now, professionally, quote unquote, if I could even use that term. I am trying to build my own business as an artist. As much as I really love art, and I have struggled with being able to put a actual, 
I put my foot down on making a decision of how I see myself. I hate to say this, but I really don't think that I am supposed to or in the position or even want to just be an artist. Yes, there are few in the world who could impact the world through their powerful piece of art. Absolutely exist some of my favorite artists, but personally, I am not going to become that person. I have faith. As hard as I try, that's not going to be me. So I'm not giving up art. I still really love it. I still wanted to be a very important part of my life. But I just kept, I kept rethinking because creating a piece of art is meditative, is, is all kinds of good. But there is still like a small part of me. That's just, mm, I, I, want, I want more from the things that I spent time doing. And as of right now, art is not filling that void. Kept thinking, kept thinking. And, you know, just through the things that I come in, information that, I, that, comes, in my, that comes in my way. And I've discovered I'm actually, well, I, when I was in school, I hated math, I hated physics, I hated biology, I hated chemistry. I was kind of good at Chinese in terms of, you know, reading and writing, but, you know, I eventually decided I'm not a reader, which is also not a, a, not a good, right, or smart decision. I was misguided i was frustrated and there was and you know lucky for me for our generation entertainment was right there so i kind of focused and redirected a lot of my energy most of my, my energy onto entertainment i thought i give myself the label of i'm not a good test taker which still might be true but then again i never really tested my full limit uh, yeah full full limits and um and like as I'm growing up, as I'm going through life, as I'm trying to keep myself healthy or, you know, as I'm trying to understand the information other people who is trying to keep themselves healthy, the information they are sharing and the things my husband has been reading and trying to share with me, I just suddenly came to understand like all these things that I hated when I was in school were just taught to me the wrong way. Obviously, they, they were... So the, the education system basically, and then I came to understand, the education system is designed, at least a used to, that's this is initially how the quote-unquote public education system was set up to, um, to, in the shortest period of time, educate mass, mass quantity, massive quantities of children. That's how, that's how it's designed. It's not designed for everybody to excel. It's not designed for uh, you to discover your passion in life. It is designed for the, the government who is kind of responsible for, in its own interest also, responsible for developing the next generation of labor workforce as quickly as possible. As if they, they, their job is simply to push out the information. And whether you as an individual can pick it up and retain it and develop or not, 
it's kind of it's they're casting a very wide net. That's why like we see all these complaints from parents about the flaws of the education system. That's because what we're asking, what we're perceiving as the public education system is actually not what it's designed to be. And uh, this is just what I'm kind of came to realize with my own experience. So um, it's not that they what they were doing was wrong. It was fit for the time, for the circumstances. Like, you know, limited resources, a lot of children, what do you do? You push these things out. Whoever can pick it up, we focus on them. Everybody else who's just kind of, eh, you know, back in the day, there isn't entertainment or anything else. There isn't a lot of other, like, alternative opportunities. You just do, you labor. You know, you're kind of at the bottom of the society. You just sell your manual labor. And then as we were growing up, there were a lot of a lot more opportunities, um, uh, other, you know, new possibilities pop up. And also, if your family can afford it, you can also just resort to being a consumer of entertainment. Just purely like your whole idea, your function in society is to be the consumer so you can be consumed by society. Like the way you contribute is your health, your time, your entire life that is eventually going to be consumed by other people. Um, so th- yeah, that's what I realized. And I realized I didn't want to be that. I, I, wanted, um, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to know more. I wanted to contribute more. And I was thinking like one of the reasons I, um, I wasn't interested at the time was because the way I was raised, I was very spoiled. There was like very, very little empathy in me. So even if I was exposed to a lot of the problems in the world, I probably wouldn't care. Um, so I don't know what my parents or my surroundings could have done to kind of improve that. Um, but also just, I honestly didn't see a lot of problems. The, the, the world that we grew up in was packaged in such a way that we thought everything was fine. And, um, and you know, come to find out, like the adults who were running things when we were kids, they know things are not fine. They know shit's gonna hit the fans somewhere down the line. They just, and it's just like, it's not, our, it's not my problem. Like it's gonna happen in 20, 30 years. I'm not gonna be in office or I'll be retired. I'll be somewhere else, this and that. Like it's, it's just, they, they just, they just brushed it under the rug. Um, so if had a lot of the things had we seen earlier on, we would actually have more because people wildly underestimate kids. Like this is something that I feel truly is sad for the kids and the adult for the past decade or or so, definitely more than a decade. Like the the ways the way kids are portrayed, the way kids are seen. They're so wildly underestimated, and then they're all we we were all groomed to be a kept human. I, you know, we're all kind of familiar with the phrase of a kept woman, which is somebody who kind of lays on her ass, and then her whole life is being paid for because she has youth or beauty or something, and but she does not need to trade in manual labor or anything for a living, and. The way, if we look at the way we live, like everybody, if you have 
the I hate to use the privilege, but if you have the opportunity to have a full stomach without having to touch the dirt, then you're a kept human. And we all are. And it's not fundamentally wrong, but that's just the more we are, we are pushing this uh, condition to such a level where there is truly a huge disconnect between what is what being a human fundamentally is and how we can keep this ball rolling like for everybody who is um accusing others that uh that doesn't care about climate change or please do not use the term global warming because that is there are so many holes in the title alone like you can't make an argument with such a um is um not faulty that was incomplete argument anyway this is a topic for another day climate change climate is always changing the the earth is always changing right but a lot of the pollution a lot of this and that exacerbated the consequences that we're seeing that's a very long story very short that's it like there is no denying it and like i'll give you an example I loved, I mean, most people, I, I would say girls, but men do too. Most people love beautiful clothes, beautiful fabrics. How many of us actually know the $5 t-shirt you put, you picked up from any big box store is a part of this huge industry that creates a very large percentage of water pollution. That is the textile and fabric industry in the world like you don't even just ever think about it you could be wearing a five dollar t-shirt that came from one of these very um one of these industries that very negatively impacting our um our environment and be yelling at somebody else who's not willing to use a paper straw you know things like that and i was just and i was just thinking like there are a lot of problems that i want to be involved in had I started earlier, younger, before I became a mother, like this whole becoming a mother thing, if you were already on the track, then becoming a mother is not, it kind of, it slow you down a little bit for the first few years, but it doesn't, it really shouldn't nip anything in the bud. It shouldn't end anything for you. It, it's not necessary, um, unless financially you're in a rough, tough spot, in which case, I mean, career change, right? You have to consider like, why am I not being paid enough to do the things I'm so good at, so skilled at, and so in demand. If it's not one of those things, career change, retrain, new skill, career change. Um, but um, uh, goddamn, lost my train of thought. Oh, just being a mother thing. But before you became a mother, like there is like. If you haven't found your passion, your path, and things like that, becoming a mother is kind of really throws a wrench in your in your wheels, which is kind of what happened to me. Like I, I didn't think me floating around and not sure what I'm gonna do next was gonna be a problem for myself internally. Like externally, nobody cares. I don't need to pay for my mom. My mom has her own job. She has her own. Um, pension and everything she's taken care of 
She worked her whole life. She built something for herself. She's taken care of. My husband doesn't, he, I, he'd be doing the same job. He'd be getting the same income, maybe a little less VH. But like, it's not, me does not, me not having a job does not impact him. Me not wanting, knowing what to do with my life does not impact him. I could very well just stay at home and not do anything. Just put meals, do laundry and all that. Does not make a change, make a difference. But internally, I cannot accept that. So all the all this like, all the things I'm thinking about, things that I want to do, things I wish I could have, wish I started earlier, or things I know I may or may not be able to reverse, and then I'm gonna make a point to teach my kids about them at a at an appropriate age, is because in this is all selfish. This is all internally to make myself feel better. Um. So I, I, I really wished a lot of the things, a lot of problems were presented to me, which would make the things that we need to learn to solve these problems a, much more interesting. And, um, and I, I think in terms of, I don't know what it's like in private schools in the States, because this is still the first year. I don't have a school-age kid, and we're in a small town. We don't have a lot of different um, schools of education here. So I, I, I don't have a sample for that. But just in terms of public schools, just from the things that I see and hear from other parents, it's very clear that the public education system is not catching up to what it needs to, uh, what, the, what this function needs to be. It's I guess they didn't realize or people who are in charge of it didn't see that there was a need for evolution in this public school system. They still pretty much run the same thing the same way. And, um, you know, you, you know, it depends on where you're at. Every time you try to, it, it doesn't modernize education just because you threw some tablets into it. I guess what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. And the people who are educating kids are not adaptive. They themselves, like, if you think about it this way, if you are a teacher and you're, if you are taken at this moment, taken out of the school system and put into society, do you have faith that you will be, a, you will be able to learn and adapt in a reasonably short amount of time because that is that's the goal for a teacher that's the the kids that you're teaching when they're released from your class and go back into society they should possess the ability in terms of academics like if there is new information that they need to learn can your students pick it up very quickly um you know uh and then there are examples of that I'm, that I'm seeing that the teachers themselves can't even do that. So I don't have complete faith in them having the ability of educating the next generation to own that ability. And, um, um, you know, one of the common, uh, one of the common things people would say is, well, we don't get paid enough for this which is not wrong. I do think I don't I do think we need to pay teachers more 
because what they're doing, like fundamentally what the teachers are doing are so important. And then it's a community of us like concentrating our resources on paying a few highly skilled professionals to educate our children. Um, but at the same time, I hate to say this, but there are teachers. I have experienced this growing up. I have went to different schools and have, I have seen the difference in quality of teachers. Some people are not made to be teachers, yet they still hold that job because it's an attainable job, which is not right. But we'll come back to that later. Some people just not have the drive to want to communicate and pass on these information and help kids um, learn the ability to solve problems. And if you belong to either of those group, then you're not supposed to be paid a lot. Like, who, wh why would anybody be paying you a lot? Or if if you're if you're a teacher, I understand. Again, within the, the public school system, I understand there is limitation in terms of what software, what infrastructure that you have. But like as a as a teacher, if you're if the teacher themselves, if the teachers themselves are simply rule followers, and then not they're they're not constantly innovating, um, they're not constantly thinking about more effective ways to communicate with the students and their parents, then I would argue that's not the right that's not the right person for the job and that's not the right job for that person. Um and um yeah that's just I, I just from this is just a thought that, that kind of came back to me a lot over and over again. Whenever I kind of learn some new information, I was like, that is very interesting. Like, and then it always you comes back to, you know, math, physics, biology, chemistry, that kind of stuff. And then it was I hated it with every ounce of strength in my heart. Like I couldn't have given up those things more than I physically could. I wish I could give it up for another person to give it up. Like I just, just so was not interested. And then now I look at my life, like everything that I want to know, every single aspect of my life, things I use, things I eat, things I could potentially use to improve my health, prolong my life, this and that, you know, just things. And it's, it's all, it all involved those subjects that I used to hate. And I, I don't actually hate them. I just hate the way it was taught to me. And a lot of kids are still hating the way the things are teaching, being taught to them right now. And there's, there hasn't been much change. And um, I just don't think that's, not that it's not right, because there is honestly, it isn't right or wrong. There is just, how is this public funding being used? It's not in terms of, because, because we are gathering all of our resources into these institutions, it is just not performing uh, efficiently. And that I cannot stand, like having worked for Having worked for other people, I didn't. I haven't even had a chance to run my own business successfully yet. I just I've worked for other people who had the drive and the ability to work, and it's also sometimes like an industry standard to strive for efficiency. 
And that is something really, from what I've seen in many parts and aspects of the life in America is lacking. And it is not just America. Like I've seen it all over the world. Like when you, when somebody who is supposed to be professional, I think it's, it's it should be part of a, their professional training, whatever that might be, to be efficient. And um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I wouldn't, I would never want to impede on anybody's personal freedom, their, you know, right to choose however to express themselves. But when I am waiting for somebody typing with the bed of their fingers, because their nails are way too long for them to touch anything, they can't even touch the screen or the keyboard with the first section of their fingers. They have to use the middle section because their hands are all bent back because their nails are so long. And I'm standing here and spending twice as much time waiting for them to process something. That is unacceptable. I don't care what you do. As long as that's the scenario, express yourself at your off time. Pull those nails back on when you get off work. I cannot stand it. And it doesn't just happen with women. I know what you're thinking. It doesn't just happen with women. And I've seen it all over the place. If you have long, like my mom's always had long nails and she does not, but it's kind of reasonably long. It's like maybe half an inch over the bed of her nails. And then it scratched me so many times. I hated my mom's fucking nails growing up. But anyway, but still, like in her case, it, it never stopped her. She was fast. She's very efficient. And the people I'm witnessing these days, I can't have you out here wasting my life while you still are getting paid to do a job. Like, if it was my business, I'd be paying you half as much as you're receiving because you're working, your efficiency is so low. It's unacceptable. It could, you could say, oh, you know, you don't understand this is America's. It's not part of your freedom to waste my time. You can waste your own time. If you're home and it takes you twice as much to put on lotion, to cook or to clean or do whatever, fine, that's your choice. But when you're working, and you're dealing with me, I don't appreciate that my time is being wasted. Um, sorry, I went off on a little bit of tangent because I've run into, run into this scenario so many times. And then I'm not accusing people who are making these choices of anything because they're all actually very nice people. It's just like as a society or in, in the local area or whatever, like it is not commonly upheld. The, st the standard is not commonly upheld that you need to respect other people's life. You can't just constantly ask people to respect your choice to express yourself without respecting other people's life when you're getting paid to do a job and you're doing it slowly because you can't touch the screen. You can't use the technology that is provided to you at the workplace as fast as you should be.
as a reasonably, a human reasonably can, an able-bodied human reasonably can. Anyway, I got it out. I'm going to let it go. I'm just saying, not happy about it. If you're a trained professional, should consider other possibilities, other times to, you know, express yourselves. Um, uh, but coming back to something a little more positive, I was, you know, I mentioned earlier, I don't, I really don't think people give children enough credit to, in terms of like what they can do and how fast and early they can develop into, develop into a contributing member of society. And I'm not saying throw them into real jobs. I'm saying, cause, so one of the things I came to realize is every time we, you know, zero in on a subject to discuss or debate, you you would always come to the conclusion that this this problem, because it's, you know, it, it's, it's been decades developing and building up. It is so complex. There is, it is impossible for anybody to just come out and then spend a few years studying on it and say, here, here is a solution. I've got it. So what I think we really should do is to, as soon as they can comprehend, I'm not saying like throw climate change to four-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Don't, I hate when parents are so paranoid about things and then so unwilling to admit that they're a part of the problem. They, they kind of, throw all, all of their anxiety onto their children and teach them doomsday theories about how the planet is about to explode when they have no idea, like that children that you're telling this about probably will be dead before the doomsday comes along. So why build them up? Why, why start their life with this much anxiety? What is really giving them time when they can come to understand? First of all, Build, start building good habits that they don't even need to think about to stop contributing to the negative part of the environmental change. And then when they can comprehend, like gradually do, you know, peel the problem like an onion, give them layer after layer, gradually give them time to think about, to really think about it, to become interested in the problem and to feel empowered that their mind the knowledge that they're learning actually can contribute into solving a real problem be it locally or on a larger scale every once in a while you kind of get a get a person like that um but just really give them time to digest what the world is what we have done what we are doing and what we could do in the future the one of the things is uh, most kids unless they are lucky enough to be in an exceptional school, uh, be it private or public, they're really not given a chance to think about anything that's their real life. Like, you should think, like, why are kids bored out of their minds when you look around and you see interesting problems that they can utilize their brain power to contribute to, to at, at least like hypothesize, like if I, okay, let me think about this problem. I don't, because if they don't see the problem, they won't seek solution. And like I said, problem is complicated. The solution is never easy. If they don't reach a point where they notice, oh, holy shit, there's a lot I need to learn 
to fix this problem. They're never going to have a drive to do anything. Like, I, I mean, as parents, so many of us are so proud of our kids to just have a drive, to have a, to pursue a career. It doesn't matter what that career is. But I think there is a missed opportunity there. Like, if we can carry these things, pass these information on, give them the chance to digest this, we would have a much larger pool of kids who are interested in and capable of doing a lot more than we give them credit for. Um, and this is, again, I, I'm not using my daughter as a human test subject, but it's just, it's part of my principle of how I'm going to raise her up. She, I obviously, I'm going to help her to feel emotionally stable and content as much as possible. I don't like to use the word, I don't like to overuse the word happy, because um, just looking back, the, the things that made me quote unquote happy weren't necessarily good for me. And as much as, as it is, you know, emotionally comforting for my parents to see me laughing and enjoying whatever the, you know, however I gained that happiness, that, that didn't really matter. They didn't even know that it should matter. Um, but it's just, um, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to do better with the, the next generation. And, um, and just looking back at, you know, it's been blinking of an eye, it's been two years. And I am very proud about the things that I have, as much as I have uh, hated a lot of the things internally, um, I am proud of how I raised my daughter. Um, even though, you know, circumstances are not, not perfect. I, you know, I wish we'd have more friends in the area. I wish we'd have families in the area. But in terms of her personal development, I think my husband and I, we've been doing a pretty good job. So just onwards, I, I keep, this is one of the things I do with my daughter, because I am curious, because, you, you know, I hear and I thought kids are just stupid until a certain age, until they start going to school, until they learn to write or whatever, read and write. But every now and then I would kind of use a overly complicated sentence with my daughter or try or construct a overly complicated concept, describe something that she kind of have to make a few leaps in her mind to, to grasp. And then, you know, at first, obviously she's not going to understand. And then I'd, every few months when I can remember, I'll try again, I'll try again. And I'll just, I'm just trying to see like when is the earliest time for this child can uh, to conceptualize what I'm trying to say, to understand what I'm trying to say. And honestly, so far, it's, she has been, again, not saying she's exceptionally smart. I'm just surprised because I thought she was going to be stupid. I thought all kids are just crazy and stupid. And she has, I have been very pleasantly surprised. Like there are, th she understand things. And I see things, I see other kids in her class and I believe most of them, you know, give or take maybe a few months different. Um, most of these kids have the capabilities of understanding a lot more. And if you just, if you can kind of continue the trend 
I'm not pushing her to do something that she's not prepared for, but I'm just kind of keeping the trend of testing and finding out when she is ready and then kind of utilize it at the or on the earlier side of her developmental age. And um, so, you know, I don't know if she physically feels challenged. I don't know if she feels accomplished once she actually understands it. Sometimes I will point it out. Like I will say something to her and then something she didn't understand a few months ago and then now she gets it. And I will tell her, I would actually say to her, wow, I, mommy actually tried to say that to you a few months ago and you didn't understand. Now you do. And then like, that's all, that's all the, the learning and playing, the good food that you're eating and the good sleep that you're getting, you're, you're helping your brain grow, this and that, like, and just helping her understand, like in, you know, animated way to ask her to talk to her brain, let her brain rest, talk to her tummy. Are you full? Are you hungry? That kind of stuff. Like this is all the basic of getting kids interested in biology. Like you don't, you don't need to develop into a game. You don't need an iPad for that. But if your children like fundamentally is not interested in who they are as a person, then I would say that's a, that's a failure in education um, in both school and in the family. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of what I have done. Um, definitely there's more to do and I'm just, I'm just really curious to see what comes in my way, uh, what I can do with her. Um, not, not setting up any grand hope or aspirations. I'm just curious where this goes. Um, if I truly do my best, you know, not just, yeah, it's just, just, just curious, just curious to see. And then uh, this is another passion that I've discovered in myself that I never thought I'd be interested in is education. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about person to person being a teacher, but that I'm very interested in like the ways that we learn different ways, you know, what's the um, optimal way for certain groups of people, what trade they have and just kind of, again, improve efficiency of the things that we do. Cause that's improve, you, you improve efficiency, you save resources, save money, free up some more for more. Like it's a public pool of money. You don't, it, I, ugh, again, that's topic for another day. I'm just saying it, one of the, one of my big passion pursue, I don't know, whatever you call it, is to improve efficiency. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying to streamline humans like, like machines, like in those Charlie Chaplin movies, um, which I've watched so many times because they're, you know, you know the connection between Chaplin and you know why his movies are so highly praised by, you know, communist government regimes. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying like, there is, if there is, if it is possible to do better, then us as the previous generation should strive to do it and lead our children into it instead of being, um, being wrongfully content with where things are at and just shrug it off saying, eh, it's just life it is what it is. Things are not going to change this and that. That is so irresponsible. I hate seeing a parent say that thinking seeing a parent thinking nothing's going to change nothing's going to improve and what you can do about it like your kids are fucking doomed if that's what you think 
um yeah that's that's one thing like i don't harp on things a lot but that's if i see a parent that just shrugs their shoulder and think eh, what you gonna do about it not gonna not a great start for uh probably not gonna foster a relationship over there because i can't i cannot stand that mentality there is so much to be done and so much of that starts with individual responsibilities and uh, us upholding it um so so that's that um where was i sorry looking at my notes because i didn't want to miss anything i want to talk about um and yeah i did i was so the, the 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 subject i give for this episode is to to not put me in the ivory tower because that truly has been my life experience i've been shielded for you know a host of different reasons by different people and you know a part a large part of that is definitely for my own benefit um because they thought that's good for me because you know previous generation never had a chance Unless your family, your bloodline, your heritage is really cream of the crop. Like most people didn't really have a chance to be shielded from any pain and suffering and problem from society. So the as soon as my parents saw there was an opportunity to shield me, they jumped on it. Which is good parental instincts. They, but that, that was like the first um, mass social experiment like what would happen if we have this whole generation of people who are completely shielded from everything what would happen well we're seeing the results of it and then we're realizing well shielding them completely is not the best idea don't throw them to the wolves but we need to rethink again at like anything it's more complicated there's more efforts that need to be made and as a parent we constantly having to choose between the three pawns of self-interest which is i want to fucking relax and not think about it to help my mind feel at ease the the kid what the kids needs and this and that and what is and then the 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 unknown like things that have not been thought about for your kids that no one because we are the we are the only you know, we are living with them. A lot of things that we're seeing, you know, we all think, we all know, like the teacher, however, you know, whatever the size of the class is, can't see everything. So if us as parents are not involved into making things a little better um, every chance we get, that's, you know, to, to me, it feels a little irresponsible to yourself and to the kid. Um... And then, yeah, and then that, that kind of, cir- I, I wrote circle back to identity crisis because I kind of, I felt a little settled, more settled this week, um, a little less um, struggle between what I really want to be. It was because there were so many things that I wanted to do as soon as I became a mother um, because I didn't want my identity or value being solely defined as a reproductive person. Um, and I say that not to be PC, it's just because there are anybody who has to take care of a newborn, an infant, 
and not do anything else and not having the opportunity to do anything else it's kind of we're in the same group not necessarily need to be a woman i'm just saying we're all in this group um but um i just i constantly see the flaws and the faults in my in my action in um my failures and this and that and giving myself the recognition of you know i really put a lot of thought and effort into observing her and creating an environment for her and helping the littlest ways like try to help her set up a healthy habit and not just let her grow wild that's kind of my parents method with me and it <clears throat> it's great i was i was never physically punished but then again it didn't turn out to be a great person the first you know decade of my decade and a half in my life <clears throat> just and just to try to get, help her to be able to achieve whatever goals that she set for herself when she gets to that stage most efficiently as a parent is my goal like i hope when she gets to whatever age she, you know, kind of locks in on a problem that she wants to work on, <clears throat> something she wants to create, you know, when she find that, she already has, she doesn't need to spend time worried about nutrition or fitness or her methodology of doing things, her methodology of learning, absorbing new information. She already has a system set up. So once she finds her passion, she can just focus on it without wasting energy on anything else. That's my goal. <clears throat> and um, yeah, that, that's, and then once I kind of got through my mind, got through to myself that that is actually one of my biggest goals. And uh, hopefully maybe I'll have more children so I'll be able to help more than one human being or if, if we uh, foster or adopt in the future, help more human beings to be able to develop this rudimentary system and they will be, have the rest of their lives to refine it and they will be able to pass that on and i i do think you know if enough of us do this in a generation or so we will see a lot less of the stupid stupidity and um waste of resources waste of human lives that we're seeing today um, so I, I think that's a, that's a pretty positive note, right? Just, you know, we can just work on it. It's, it's something, it's very tangible, something I can work on, something every parent can work on. Um, foster parents, adoptive parents, we can all work on this or as a teacher. I mean, one of the things I really learned that I, not practicality aside, um, I understand to implement that in this country you ha definitely have your um difficulties but when when i went to visit finland visit their public school system a few years back that one thing they did, did they did mention is that um most of their public school teachers are basically civil servants they're basically federal employees but that job is quite hard to get it's if you think about you know being a teacher in a small town it doesn't matter where you are that job is hard to get because they have 
higher standards uh, for teachers across the board. And then um, I forgot, did I, I we, we, we were given a glimpse to, you know, the, the, the kind of uh, process that they have. They, they wanted to make sure from the get-go that everybody is working in the system, teachers and administrators, you want to be here. You want to do this because you want to do something with education, not because you wanted a job. And this is the one that's most attainable. And I think that's that's very important. Um, okay. Um, I uh, thank you again. If you did come back to listen to this episode, I really appreciate it. Um, still working on working on different things, working on life. Um, again, if you have any suggestions for things I could talk about or things I could do with the show, please feel free to let me know. Um, I'm always, my, my ear is always open. And um, I hope you have a nice weekend. And this weekend, we're here. This is actually going to be a very full weekend. We have a river, river raft race, and then we have a fundraiser that was rescheduled from last week for a local boy who needs a kidney transplant. And, um, yeah, we're going to have some fun. Freya's going to see a lot of different things. That's what he said. Thank you for staying with me. And if you're new, welcome. Thank you.